This is cold on my hands. <laughs> wow. You need help. <laughs> need like a heated um, like microphone. <laughs> yeah, but this is metal. I just have to switch She says off. as we're sitting on like a heated thing in your bed. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I live in my electric blanket. It's called like wearing more clothes. I don't know. <laughs> no, that doesn't work for me. Okay. Just keep telling yourself that. Hi, I'm Big. And I am White. And together, we are Big and White. And you are listening to the Big and White Podcast, a podcast where we explore what it means to be a foreigner in Asia. So, White, welcome back. Welcome back to you. I haven't seen you in like a day. I know, it's crazy. (laughs) Did you miss me? So much. (laughs) But it actually has been like a while since we've connected with you guys the listeners so welcome back to you hey what's up guys we're so glad you're here glad you came back glad you didn't give up on us we almost gave up on us (laughs) we want to be on holiday for the rest of our lives i mean yeah yep that would actually be terrible but (laughs) at this moment i do kind of want at least a week more Um, but yeah, we just got back from an amazing vacation in Cambodia. Woo-woo. We didn't stray too far, don't worry. We stayed in Asia. That's right. Keeping it real. Just for you guys. Yeah, only for you. It wasn't our own Because, <laughs> I mean, if we leave Asia, then we can't talk about it on the podcast because it's about life as a foreigner in Asia. It's true. Yeah. So, you're welcome. <laughs> Before we tell you guys all about Cambodia, how great it is, and why you all should visit there after you visit Nepal, let's talk about our week, White. How was your week? I'm not going to lie. It was pretty rough to get right back into work. (laughs) Yeah, dude. (laughs) Like, not to talk about Cambodia, but to talk about Cambodia. (laughs) (laughs) So we were supposed to get in on Saturday night, have Sunday night to recover, Yeah, we planned it all out. I had like, I was going to rest on Sunday morning. I was going to do grocery shopping, get my life back together before I had to go back to work. On Monday morning. Right. But that did not happen. We Mm. had a 24-hour delay. (sighs) Ended up staying in Malaysia. Um, Luckily for us, it was a very nice hotel that was provided (laughs) for us. So we can't really complain that much. It's true, yeah. But yeah, so we got back to Nepal at like... 10.30 Sunday night, and then we were back to work at like 9 a.m. the next morning. (laughs) (laughs) A really rough turnaround. (laughs) And like this is us recording after a week of being back. So we made it through a work week. Barely. Somehow. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I did not think it was going to happen. Oh my gosh. I was so tired and I was talking to my roommate and I'm like, I don't feel like this week has been that hard. Like my work hasn't been that hard. I don't know why I am so tired. She's like, well, you did just get back from an international trip. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> right. That feels like so long ago. <laughs> it does feel like a long like time ago. Like when you just jump right back into life. Yeah. But 
Don't worry, I've compensated by not exercising at all. Mm, that'll make you feel better for yeah. sure. <laughs> it's great for a New Year's resolution. You know it, babe. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, we made it. We did. Mm. Barely. We did do one exciting thing, which is go carpet shopping. <laughs> we just like rearranged our office a little bit and we wanted to buy a rug for one of the rooms that has tile on the floor. And so we're like, oh, yeah, we volunteered. Like, we'll go get the carpet. (laughs) It was just like, I don't know. It was so exactly like shopping in Nepal. Why am I surprised? Yeah, like every single time it's like, well, it won't be that difficult. And, of course, it always is. Yeah. So first we went to, like, this main, like, big kind of department store. It's called The biggest department store in Nepal. Right. We're like... If Bob Patini doesn't have it, no one will. Sort I think of. Every single time. Yeah, it's not really a very good place to buy stuff, actually. <laughs> like, they have everything, but they don't have, like, great versions of everything. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we looked at all of their rugs, two thirds of which were insane balls, like, <laughs> glittery, so weird, man. bright colors, or, like, weird designs. And yeah, we found one that we're like, okay, we really love this one. It's kind of expensive, but this is perfect. Then. We try to flag down one of the 12 employees that are just hovering in a group. They're like, sitting on <laughs> 10 another pile of carpets. Like, and we're like, hello. 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 I actually need you. <laughs> so they come over and they pull the rug out. And then there's like a defect on it. It's like going to start unraveling. So I'm like, well, can we get a discount? And they're like, no. <laughs> like, don't be insane. Okay, I guess we're not buying it. Oh, yeah. And of course, in between, like, two of our other errands that we tried to run failed. It's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. <laughs> and then we went to another store that was giant. And it was kind of amazing because the sales girl was so nice and, like, so cool and just, like, wanted to be really helpful. And they had, like, I don't know, how many rugs do you think they had? hundreds i don't know (laughs) of like every single size and color except the kind we wanted so we like looked at pretty much every single rug they had and they had these big stacks of rugs that were like 40 rugs tall and they would pull back like half the rug and like keep pulling it back pulling it back and then by the time you get to the bottom it's like so heavy you know and we're like Like no you can only see like a corner of the bottom rug And their arms are shaking. Like she's like, I think this one, up. this one is good for you. We're like, no. She's like, please. <laughs> I think it's good. <laughs> then she's like asking us what we want, and we don't even know. Mm-hmm. She's like, what color do you want? And we're like, well, we have this weird like red purple couch. And she's like, okay, you know, how about a light color? And we're like, no, it might get dirty. Like, <laughs> how about a dark color? No, that would make the room too dark. She's like, what do you want? <laughs> So we finally were just like, thanks, bye. And then we went across the street to the store we should have started at. Mm -hmm. My favorite little place is called Curtain House. They had like two rugs and one of them was perfect. Yeah. The end. Yeah. But yeah. So then we bought our amazing carpet. We're so pleased. Then we had to get it back to the office. And it's, I mean, not humongous, but pretty big. Like, what is it? Five by seven, maybe? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So White is sitting behind me on my motorcycle holding it. And could you see over the top of it? Uh, 
No. <laughs> She's just like blindly riding behind me, like hoping I'm not going to crash into and anything. And the, the um, rug is in a plastic bag, by the way. Yeah. A humongous plastic bag. It's amazing. We took a pretty cool picture. We can post it. Mm-hmm. You guys can check it out. We just felt like it was like a very Nepal day. Like, took a lot of work, but we actually accomplished something. And then we also got to have like an awesome motorcycle ride carrying something enormous. Yes. So always good win-win the rug looks great yeah it does so unless our maid weirdly rolls it up and leaves it that way for some reason (laughs) poor woman i like yelled at her i was like what is this this is not how it goes and she's like okay sorry (laughs) she hates rugs though she really does she's like why would i have it on the floor corner yeah it's gonna get dirty Oh, yes. Just a different way of looking at the world, isn't it? (laughs) (sighs) But yeah, so we've made it through. We've made it back to you guys. Vaguely alive. Vaguely. Yeah, we're like planning out our episodes and we feel like death. Not death, just coma, maybe. (laughs) Death plus like a hot cup of tea. (laughs) that work? Exactly. That's 100%. (laughs) And an electric blanket. Or... The other thing you could do is just go back to Cambodia where it's warm. Yeah, that would be really nice. It was like the perfect temperature. I know. It was really nice. So you guys, we loved Cambodia. Neither of us had been before. So it's fun to visit a new Southeast Asian country. And Southeast Asia is pretty great. It's pretty legit. Mm -hmm. And I learned that Cambodia is like the heart of Southeast Asia. That's like where it started. Hmm. Okay, so I, I have a question for you. What was your favorite thing about Cambodia? Wow, that's like super broad. What was your favorite thing we did in Cambodia? Um, my favorite thing was grocery shopping. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to talk about what our true priorities for going to Cambodia were? Yeah. <laughs> so you guys, it's funny. When you live overseas... Your vacation priorities really change. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Like when I lived in the States, if I had vacation time, if I was going to travel, I'm like, man, I just like want to get deep in the culture. Like I want to get off the beaten track. I want to like go to museums and like, you know, learn all this stuff. And now I'm like, "Mm, vacation. Okay. What hotel has room service? (laughs) Like Like beaten track. I want to get on it. (laughs) Is there a bathtub? (laughs) And maybe a mall. (laughs) (laughs) Pave it up. No, I mean, we, we also got off the beaten track a little bit, I feel like, but it is interesting. Just like your vacation you want it to be different from your day-to-day life. And when your day-to-day life is off the beaten track, <laughs> yeah. your vacation wants to be, like, really nice and easy and I want to say luxurious, but that sounds like I'm rich and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I mean, Kathmandu right now is pretty cold and very polluted. This is the most polluted <sighs> time of the year. It's so, like, horrible. you just feel kind of gross for a few months. Yep. So when you come from that to somewhere with, like, tropical weather and air conditioning and malls and stuff. Not dust. (laughs) Then, yeah, it's just amazing. So that is luxury. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, it was really interesting. Like, um, 
of the three Southeast Asian countries I've been to, Cambodia feels the most similar to Nepal mm-hmm. to me, but it's still, the cities are so much more developed. Yeah. Like, they're just really nice buildings and, like, the roads are all paved and they're kind of laid out in this grid system. People have nicer vehicles and... But the it seems like the villages are kind of the same mm-hmm. or even maybe poorer than Nepal. So it's a, a kind of an interesting, different contrast. Yeah. Yeah. What what were you excited about doing in, in Cambodia? Mm. Well, my little California heart was ready for the beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whenever I get a chance to go to the ocean, anywhere really, but especially if it's warm, then it's like my heart language I don't know Mm -hmm. it just feels like so important and so rejuvenating and so good to me so it's disappointing that the beach didn't have waves yeah but I still loved it Mm -hmm. that was my main goal how about you what do you think you're looking forward to the most for me when we were trying to decide where to go I was like I don't really care where we go it just needs to have like clothes <laughs> that I can buy. <laughs> I want to go shopping. Because <laughs> like we dress. I mean, we work in an office. We wear business casual stuff. It's difficult to buy clothes. I think we've talked about this. Nepal has very high import taxes. The clothes are either bad quality, very expensive, or both. Yeah. So And probably don't fit. <laughs> yeah, and kind of diff- like takes a lot of energy to find them in the first place. So um I just was running out of clothes. All my clothes are falling apart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude, I feel like my clothes fall apart faster here, too. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's, like, my washing machine or the laundry detergent or that they just get dirty from the smog and dust. Probably all of those things. We hang them out to dry, so. But, yeah, uh, that was all that I wanted to do. And did you feel successful? So successful. More successful than I think we expected to be, right? Like, yeah. we were like, yeah, this is what we want to get out of Cambodia, but we need to curb our expectations because, you know, we don't really know what to expect. Mm. And then it was like, oh, my gosh, everything's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's hard to tell like how biased i was it's like does this just feel amazing because i'm like a little bit burnt out and like wanted something different or is it actually amazing (laughs) yeah that's a good question we'll have to go back and test it all right i mean if you insist (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so when we were there we like went to some cities and did some shopping we went to some amazing restaurants there's like tons of really good restaurants Mm -hmm. there there's one especially that we were obsessed with it's a vegan restaurant called vibe don't worry, we went four times in yep. 10 days. <laughs> you can follow them on Instagram. Their handle is at VibeAsia. Do it. It's magical. But yeah, that was cool. And then we went to the beach. I especially loved going to, we went to this little island that was like an hour boat ride off of the mainland. And there was nothing there. I mean, yeah. we stayed at this place where it's just this little cove. And all there was was a beach. And like some umbrellas, hammocks, and a place to get food and drinks, and like little huts to sleep yep. in. There was no electricity. There was no phone service. It was so magical. Oh, I loved it so much. It was just really like chill, kind mm-hmm. of, you know, beach bum yeah. land. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice because usually when you're traveling in a new country, you have kind of like, um, I don't know, a constant pole to 
be doing something like, oh, I need to truly experience this culture. I need to go out and do this and this. But when you're at the beach, it's like, well, there's nothing to do except for lay on the beach. And like, I guess I could read, but I kind of just want to go take a nap. So I'm going to do that. Like, I am not a nap taker, but I took naps on this trip and it was awesome. Yeah, girl. (laughs) Yeah. When you like trapped, you can't do anything else. It's so freeing. And like, no. Yeah. I think maybe did you say this? No phone service, no electricity. Mm hmm. Mm. It was glorious. We after that we went to the mainland and went to the beach there too, and we regretted that so much. Yeah. We're like we should have stayed on the island because it was weird. It's like that. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this. I had heard about it before, but I had never personally experienced it. Where there's kind of like resort area of like not super rich, but just like hotels and restaurants along the beach, and then you can sit on their chairs and order drinks from them or whatever. So there's that whole area, and then there's this really stark contrast between that and where like the normal people are like the people who actually live there you know it's like oh white people over here brown people over here and it just felt really i don't know uncomfortable and kind of weird it's bizarre yeah i didn't like it but we did spend new year's at this hippie bar on yes. the beach so that was pretty amazing super fun <laughs> there was this like people were just taking turns it was like open mic like playing music and stuff and there was this woman who had this hula hoop with lights in it and it was like kind of trippy <laughs> yeah it was fun <laughs> everyone had glitter on their faces yeah. we um, missed out on that trend we're like where where did you get that <laughs> someone has glitter i don't know who it is but yeah, I was kind of glad we missed it, though, because I didn't want to find glitter in my stuff, no, like, no. years later. It's bad enough to be, like, finding sand for the next two years. No, it's good enough. No, no. Finding sand means you had a good time. That is not always true. Yes, But okay. <laughs> Agree to disagree. Sure. Well, and then, after that, the final thing that we did, which I freaking loved and was so cool, is we went to... Anchor Archaeological Park. Yeah. When we were prepping to go to Cambodia, we're like, well, we got to go to Anchor Wat. Like, you know, if you're in Cambodia, you just have to go to Anchor Wat. We didn't really know that much about it. We didn't have a lot of time to prepare. I knew like, literally nothing. Like, yeah. I knew the name. I was like, that's near the killing fields, maybe? Like, I didn't <laughs> yeah, know right. anything. Yeah. Like, it's kind of a big deal, but. It was incredible. For both of us, it was like one of our favorite days there. And how to explain it? It's ginormous. It's so big. So it's the ruins of an old civilization. And it's the oldest civilization in the Southeast Asian region. It was kind of the hearth of the civilization there. I learned a new (laughs) word today, you guys. (laughs) But it was the biggest pre-industrial city in the world. Yeah. And like not, I mean, I feel like pre-industrial, like, yeah, but also like if it was just a city today, it would still be one of the biggest cities in the world. <laughs> That's true. Didn't they say it's the size of like LA? Yeah. LA or London. It's like crazy, comparable. dude. Yeah. Because I feel like when you hear, oh, Anchor what you're like, oh, well, I mean, what do you do? Like you go in and you go on a walkway and you see this big palace temple thing. Cool. How much time can you spend there? Right. And everyone's like, you should spend at least three days there. And we're like, why? What is there to do? Oh, they were right. We were wrong. Yep. If you guys go there, tips for you. Do spend multiple days there. And it's near, so it's near this city called Siem Reap. And that's a cool city too. So you can like, you know, go to the 
archaeological park in the morning and then come back to the city in the afternoon and hang out or whatever. But what we did was we rented bicycles and we woke up at friggin' four in the morning. Pitch black. Yeah. (laughs) Pitch black for two hours of our day. (laughs) Okay, but it was so worth it. So people go like for sunrise a lot, but usually they go to the main building, which is called Anchor Watts, this big palace. But we're hipsters and we're like, we need to go somewhere (laughs) like where no one else is. So we went to this giant reservoir lake thing and it was amazing. Mm. It's the most beautiful sunrise. Like, oh, it was so cool. And then after that, we went around to all these amazing huge temples that are a little bit farther away from like the main area of the ruins and so we were like the only people there yeah it was so cool we felt like Lara Croft slash Indiana Jones Mm -hmm. and we felt so badass yeah it was was amazing really fun And we had, like, this book, and we're, like, learning about all the history and stuff. But, yeah, super fascinating. So the Anchor civilization was founded in, like, 802, and it lasted through the 1400s. So it was there for, like, 600 years. It was huge. They had all this, like, complex engineering. I mean, they built these buildings on a swamp yeah. that have lasted a thousand years. <laughs> like, they knew what they were doing. And... um yeah, it was, like, super decorated. It was a Hindu civilization. They had all these, like, crazy decorations. And, like, now they can kind of tell, like, where all these houses were. But they were made out of wood, so the houses aren't around anymore. It's just, like, the main buildings that are left. But they had this super complex water system, irrigation and uh, sewage and all of that. It was, like, insane. How, how have I not heard about this? Yeah, right? Like, it just seems, like, way more... I don't know, crazier than, like, a lot of other empires that I feel like I learned about in school. I feel like you see pictures of Angkor Wat, like, the actual Angkor Wat. It's, like, one building. Yeah. You see pictures of that at sunrise and sunset, and you're like, cool, that's Angkor Wat. No, no. That's not even, like, the most fun part. No. It's this huge, amazing civilization that, like, lasted for hundreds of years. So crazy. So, like, every uh, king would kind of have one temple that he would build and it would be you know yeah for his reign and then he would get buried at the center of it so like there's all of these huge temples and and they're still uncovering stuff it's crazy too so like what one of the reasons it's so interesting is it got deserted so like big empire 600 years, suddenly everyone was like, mm, bye, we're going to go live in another city yeah. now. <laughs> so they're not really sure why. They think maybe like the water system collapsed because it was too complex. And they were getting invaded by people from Vietnam and Thailand, I think. And so then they just left and the jungle overgrew all yeah. of the buildings. So no one knew they were there. And then in like the mid-1800s when France colonized Cambodia, there's this French guy just walking along in the forest, like, doop, 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 looking for some flowers and bugs. <laughs> he comes across Angkor Wat, this huge, like, castle in the middle of the forest, and he's like, what? <laughs> there's, like, of course, some, I have discovered it. Yeah, monks living there, they're like, hey, what's up? He's <laughs> like, what could I have discovered? They're like, no, it's been here. <laughs> But they didn't, like, no one knew anything about the history. You know, they asked people who lived there, and they were like, I don't know, the gods built it, I guess. <laughs> so ever since then, they've been uncovering more and more temples. Yeah. Like, it's kind of this giant jigsaw puzzle. Like, 
they're putting them all back together as they find them. And they're still uncovering tons of stuff. Mm -hmm. There's still tons of archaeological work to do. and Yeah, but they haven't really been working on it that long in the scheme of things because, like, they started – when was it like during the seventies? They really were like pushing for it, right? Well, in the early nineteen hundreds, they did yeah. a lot, and then there was like war stuff, so mm-hmm. they stopped. And then they started again in the seventies, and then there was more war. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. So the I last think, like ten, twenty years probably have been like the biggest push. Yeah. When was it like they reopened the park in two thousand three or something like that? Mm-hmm. Pretty recent. So, yeah. Yeah. So if you guys uh, have a dream of being an archaeologist when you grow up, there's still places that you can. Yeah. Archaeologize. Especially if you're French. (laughs) Yeah, true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you guys. It was amazing. There's paved roads, like, in between, because it's such a huge area, you know. So a lot of people will hire, like, a taxi or tuk-tuk or whatever for the day. But we rode bicycles, and we highly recommend that. Mm -hmm. It was really cool. Like, I don't know, you just get to, like, be out kind of in the villages a little bit more, experience that, and you have control over when and where you go, and we loved it. It was amazing. We brought a backpack full of food. Yes. So we had, like, wasa crackers and a chunk of gouda cheese (laughs) (laughs) and, yeah, some, like, other little things, and that was, like, amazing. Yeah, we would just, like, sit on this ancient temple and like eat a picnic. Yeah. And like watch a street dog, whatever, <laughs> running around. Amazing. But That's there cool. are like a lot of restaurants and like little stalls and stuff too. So, right. You don't have to bring stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. And this time of year, it was the perfect temperature. True. Yeah. I didn't think get too even hot. if it was like two months earlier or two months later, it would be way too hot mm-hmm. <laughs> to be like as enjoyable as we had. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right? <laughs> so I've also I read in my book that um, it's can also be enjoyable to go during the summer. Mm-hmm. So that's when monsoon is. So it's raining a lot, but it doesn't rain in the mornings. So you can go and just like hang out in the mornings and then in the afternoon when it rains, like go back to your hotel or whatever. And then it's like super green Mm. and there's way fewer tourists because it's not peak season. Mm -hmm. So that would be really cool too. That would be fun. We should just like arrange a big and white tour group. (gasps) Yes, we could all meet in Cambodia together. That would be amazing. (laughs) I love this plan. Yeah, so... Visiting Cambodia was super fun. We did all these cool activities, but it was also just interesting to compare it to Nepal. I mean, of course, we're comparing it to Nepal because we live here and like that's our main experience of Asia. But yeah, one thing that I found interesting was the kind of difference in transportation styles. Mm. So the roads are paved a lot better than they are here. And a lot more people have cars. Like here in Nepal, cars are so expensive because of import tax. Like no one has them. Most people ride motorcycles, but there, there was like Lexuses, BMWs, Mercedes. Hummers, really? Yeah. Did you not see the Hummers? No. I probably saw five Hummers. I'm like, if you had a Hummer in Nepal, I mean, you couldn't. It would take up the entire road. (laughs) You could only drive on Ring Road. (laughs) Yeah. Jeez, that's crazy. But then there were like no motorcycles. I only saw like scooters or the Mm -hmm. weird like half scooter half motorcycle things yeah but then also like for public transportation there's a lot more options like there's motorcycle taxis there's tuk-tuks 
there's rickshaws, there's motor rickshaws, there's like, you know, like buses. And yeah, they have Grab there, which is like Uber for Asia. And you could get everything from like a motorcycle taxi all the way up to like a fancy SUV <laughs> all on this one app. Yeah, <laughs> so good. But yeah, that was really interesting. And like driving on, we took the bus when we went to the beach and then up to Sam Reap for Anchor Wat. And driving on those roads is interesting because they're not super wide, but they're paved nicely. So people drive like, you know, 100 kilometers an hour, like 60 miles an hour. And the traffic rules are slightly different there. So basically, like, the bigger your vehicle, the more right-of-way you have. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of terrifying to be – we were in, a like, a kind of a big van. That was, like, the bus that we took. And the big trucks, like, we would have to make way for them to pass us. But then there's these little tiny scooters, you know, <laughs> that are, like, 50 cc's or whatever, driving on the side of the road at, like, 20 kilometers an hour, like, and then here we come in our van, and they have to go off onto the shoulder and make way for us. Like the unpaved dirt shoulder. Right. And then they're like, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, someone is going to die as we speed by them super fast. It was kind of stressful. What what was something that, like, really stood out to you that was different from Nepal or that surprised you, maybe? It was very surprising how many foreigners own businesses. Yes. Like, I think it took us a while to actually figure out. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> like, we got in um, – we got like off of the bus and into a tuk-tuk and then um, we're talking to the tuk-tuk driver like trying to get change back from him and um, this was on the coast and a like Russian guy came out of the hotel and he was like trying to help us and then Big was like oh are you staying here he's like no no I work here and we're both like what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But then we realized that Every restaurant we went to, pretty much, almost every restaurant, was owned by a foreigner. There was, like, foreigners working behind the bar. The Like, most of the waiters, I would say, were from Cambodia. But all of the really good Western restaurants we went to we were like, oh, man, this is amazing. Like, oh, of course. It's like a <laughs> French person who actually runs this restaurant. Yeah, yeah. It was really interesting. And that's really different from Nepal because... Nepal doesn't make it easy for foreigners Mm -hmm. to get visas. I don't know. Like, say you want to get a business visa, you have to invest, like, Mm $50,000, I think, or, like, I don't know. I mean, you can live here. Like, we we do it, but it's not necessarily easy. Yeah. Whereas there, it seems like they're encouraging it. Yeah. Like, at the bookstore, I saw a book. It was, like, how to start a business in Cambodia. (laughs) Like, okay. Yeah, it's just a very different vibe from Nepal. Like, Mm -hmm. I think part of it is that, Nepal has never been colonized, really, by a foreign power. So it seems like in Cambodia, I mean, granted, we were there for like 10 days. So yeah, we're a total expert now. <laughs> but just from what I read and from our, our limited experience there, it seems like they're having been colonized by the French really changed kind of their attitude and the mm. way that they just do things. And not just the French, but also, I mean, being port country they're on the ocean so they've had influence from chinese from indians from the dutch from like everyone who's been coming through asia for the last like four or five hundred years and it's really just like a different approach to building your country i guess like whether you want foreigners to be there or not right (laughs) yeah so it's 
makes an interesting kind of dynamic, I think. Kind of made me appreciate being in Nepal and like seeing all of the businesses that Nepalis are starting. Like, I mean, they're very entrepreneurial, I would say. And lots of like young Nepalis are starting. Yeah, small businesses, restaurants, like and really, I don't know, modern, I would say like a vegan restaurant and you know, craft beer and stuff like that mm-hmm. is starting to come. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. But then it's always with a Nepali slant, right? Which so. is so fun and cool. <laughs> it's really fun. Yeah, yeah. It, it did. I agree. Like it really made me appreciate Nepal more. I think like made me realize how unique it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. In Cambodia, I definitely felt more of like a like a gap between like maybe middle class or or rich people Mm -hmm. and then kind of like normal or poor people. I don't know. It definitely feels like there's a big gap and like a lot of the the nicer things are either foreigners Mm -hmm. or like maybe government people or, you know, there's not really a middle class like Mm -hmm. is growing in Nepal. And like all of the nice restaurants we went to, all the customers were foreigners too. Yeah, true. Yeah, and in Nepal, it's not like that. Yeah. Like, even the most Western restaurants, it would still be, I mean, maybe rich Nepalis. But still Nepalis. But Nepalis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, was there anything that, like, super surprised you being there that you just, like, really didn't expect? I mean, there's a, I don't know why I didn't expect this, but there's so many imports. Yeah. That were super affordable. <laughs> I think it's just because we're used to them being so They're expensive so here. expensive in Nepal. I know. I feel like, like, when I was living in America, I was poor student mentality. Yeah. So, like, I didn't really, I don't know. I just got the cheapest of the cheap all the time. So, it's only been since moving to Nepal that I've started, like, I don't know, really thinking about what I'm buying Mm -hmm. and, you know, like started making cocktails and stuff like that. So I've built up a liquor cabinet and and like that was probably the most shocking. (laughs) It was like the price of liquor. Um, It was like a third to a quarter of what we pay here. Some of it. Ridiculous. (laughs) Insane. Yeah. Like I would buy a bottle of gin here for um like $55 USD and you bought the same bottle of gin <laughs> for 12.50. Yep. Yep. It was ridiculous. We're like, "What?" and Big's like, oh, just like magnetic hand like must take this. It home. literally like the, the amount of money I saved on that bottle of liquor paid for my check bag that I bought. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah, related to that. They use American money. Oh, yeah, that was super surprising. <laughs> we clearly were very prepared for this trip because we didn't know this until we actually got there. We were like, we were, like trying we'll just to get, get an ATM. ATM and get money. And then it was like, do you want USD? And we were like, do we? <laughs> it was like, you can't take out local money. Like, why? What's happening? <laughs> oh, they use USD here. Cool. But they, they also use local money, which is interesting. Yeah. They use it for like small change for like less, you know, less than like $5. So that was kind of fascinating. Yeah, another thing that I guess I wouldn't say this surprised me, but I just didn't really think about before we got there was obviously they have tons of clothing manufacturing Mm -hmm. in Cambodia, which I knew because I went through a period where I was obsessed with supply chain manufacturing of clothing and trying to buy all like ethically made stuff, which I'm trying to get back into, but 
Yeah, that's like the place with all the worst factories, mm-hmm. you know, where they like send the Swedish fashion models to like cry because they see all the horrible conditions of all the kids making their clothes. But yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting, like to be so close to that. Yeah. And um, have that be such a stark reminder. But it also meant that there was a lot of brands available there. Yeah. Um, like they had all these outlets of clearly like seconds. So like. In the factory, they made a mistake with the clothes. And then instead of exporting it, they just sell it there in Cambodia. Super interesting. Amazing. But I feel like even when we first got there and we went to a store, like in our minds, it was not real brands. Yeah. I, I was thinking, <laughs> oh, it's probably like knockoff. Yeah. Because you know? that's what we're so used to in Nepal. Right. Yeah. And then, and we then realized, slowly, like, slowly, we're like, wait, this is like really well made. <laughs> this is good fabric. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's actually the brand. <laughs> that was really fun. Yeah. Ethics aside. <laughs> I know. I have, like, really mixed feelings. I, like, bought this amazing sweater, and then every day I wear it, I'm like, I hope this wasn't made by a slave. <laughs> I mean, it was seconds, right? So I mean, I saved the environment by not having it be exported on a terrible ship mm-hmm. that, like, went from China and For polluted sure. the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Do what you can. Yep. For sure. So another fun thing about Cambodia is their language is crazy. (laughs) Yeah, so obviously we're linguists and we're big old nerds. So on one of our, um, (laughs) it was like all day that we were on the bus going from the coast to Siem Reap. And for quite a lot of that trip, we were just talking about the language and like (laughs) looked up all the information about it and um yeah so it's super interesting so i'll just clue you guys in on a few things so the language in cambodia is not cambodian um it is called well that's a good question actually (laughs) and we're still confused by it um i have met a cambodian gal who called her language khmai i think that's the like what's that called autoglottonym yeah people who speak the language that's what you call it in the language so it's like you know when you're speaking spanish you say oh i speak espanol But if you're talking in English, then you probably wouldn't say, oh, I speak Espanol. Right. You would say Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we will call the language Khmer. Yeah. It's spelled K-H-M-E-R. But just to say, we've heard both. Mm -hmm. So don't judge anybody too quickly, depending on (laughs) what they call this language. So it's interesting because Khmer actually has a lot of borrowings historically and modern from lots of other languages. So Sanskrit played a major influencing role for developing Khmer. Um, And Sanskrit would be like Hindi is also based off of Sanskrit. Mm -hmm. Nepali has a lot of influence from Sanskrit. Yeah, there's actually, like, they found in Anchor Archaeological Park, they've found a lot of writings in Sanskrit. So it seems like like it was a Hindu culture, and they used Sanskrit to write stuff down, even though they spoke Khmer. Yeah, super interesting. They also have languages like French and Chinese, which maybe isn't too surprising, given that recent history and how many Chinese companies are building businesses in Cambodia. Oh my gosh, they're taking over. (laughs) So many. 
family, if you're like a big linguistic nerd, um, it is part of the Mon Khmer group. It's Austroasiatic is the language family. So Austroasiatic, mm. so it's not related to like Vietnamese or Lao or Thai then, right? So it would be related to Vietnamese. Okay. But that's probably the only other language that you would hear about normally. Yeah, in that family. Mm-hmm. But huh. a lot of the other languages that are spoken, like in Thailand or um, Laos nearby, like neighboring countries, are a totally different language family. Hmm. So, so interesting. Yeah. The alphabet is super fantastic. <laughs> I love it. It kind of reminds me of Devanagari, which is Nepali and Hindi, where you have like letters that always have to be accompanied by a vowel. Mm, yeah. Like you wouldn't say A, B, C, D. You would say ka, ka, ga, ga. Like it always has, it has, the, uh, has the uh. Yeah. But Khmer sounds, I mean, Khmer sounds a little bit more complicated there's like an o series of letters and there's an a series of letters and i'm like well i'm not learning this there's a long yeah long list of all the different Mm -mm. ones and they don't have breaks between the words right they just write one whole sentence all together that would be so hard to learn (laughs) so difficult start and end um, I feel like it would be like Mad Gab that game. It's <laughs> like, so true. All the like sound it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is interesting. You kind of allude to this with the text that they found at Anchor. So the the oldest dated inscription of Khmer is found kind of south of the modern day capital Phnom Penh, and it dates from the year six eleven. Wow, cool. That's really old. So long ago. And this was surprising to me. Despite not having as many speakers as maybe what you would find in Thailand, um, the Thai alphabet, as well as the Lao alphabet, developed from Khmer. Oh, well, that makes sense, because that was like... Because they were the heart. The heart of civilization. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing about Khmer is that they have adjectives, oh, which they're are so crazy. amazing. So, you guys, linguist time. Most sounds that you make in a language... The air is pushed out through your mouth by your lungs. It's called pulmonic. So you use your lungs, air comes through your mouth, whatever shape your mouth is making, that's the sound that comes out. But there are some sounds where it's actually like you close your throat and then you push the air out that way instead, like your lungs aren't involved at all. And it sounds like so, I don't know, it just sounds so different. And it kind of, I mean, some other Asian languages have this. It's probably a sound that you recognize like if you hear a vietnamese person speaking english like they'll often include those in their accent and like that's what makes it sound so distinctly vietnamese it's really fun i don't want to demonstrate <laughs> do you want to no, like no. play a clip or something yes i will de- i will play a clip i know you guys are probably surprised because we're linguists and we don't know every single language in the world i know shocking so, sorry about that we've really dropped the ball But I will play this news clip. This guy is the executive director talking about international um, tax. What do you call it? Like import tax? So there you go. มาตามลูกยุลตากัมพูชีอาจเตรียมครูนตบตัวตะนึงสิปิดอันตราชิดบานได้เต้ในครั้งการในได้สหภาพอารมณ์หนึ่งสหรัฐอเมริกนั้น
You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> One of my goals once we were in Cambodia was to hear a foreigner speaking yes. in Khmer. And we heard some people. Yeah, we got to hear that. Was he Italian or French? Mm, he owned remember. that restaurant. That was yeah. amazing. <laughs> I was just like, what? It sounds as weird as you would think it does. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, so one other thing we haven't really talked about that I feel like we can't not talk about in a podcast about Cambodia is all of the crazy war stuff that happened in the last century. And I don't don't want to focus on this because I know the country is trying to move beyond it and I think that would be good for everyone. But it is really interesting just how recent all of that stuff happened. If you don't know that much about Cambodian history, um, there was a regime called the Khmer Rogue that basically took over the country in the 70s. Editing big here, so it's not called the Khmer Rogue, it's the Khmer Rouge. That sounds weird because it just makes me think of makeup, but actually rouge means red in French, and they're communists, so it all makes sense. Okay, that's it, bye. And they had this utopian ideal of being an agrarian society. So they made everyone leave the cities and tried to get everyone to go back to farming. But as you can imagine, logistically, that was difficult to do. So like, obviously they weren't farmers. Yeah, I know. Well, like the Pol Pot, the leader, he was living like in luxury in the jungle somewhere. Like he wasn't farming. It's like only a non-farmer would think that you could just start farming. Right, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Just do it. It's fine. But yeah, stick so it on the ground. All these urban people like were forced into the villages, and you know you can't just start farming. Like, and so all these people died of starvation, and then they were like the regime was trying to enforce all this stuff, and they were killing people. But it was really interesting because like the outside world didn't really realize what was going on. I think. A lot of people were kind of burned from the whole situation in Vietnam and like the intelligence there wasn't very good. So people thought it was still related to like the Vietnamese conflict or they heard a lot of rumors from refugees that were getting out of Cambodia. But like a lot of people didn't really believe them, you know, like their descriptions are like, well, they have PTSD, they're exaggerating, blah, blah, blah. Then they like, after three years, kind of figured out like, holy moly, like a lot of people are dying. Mm. So um, yeah, the UN basically went in and took over. And that was the first time the UN like took over the government of a whole country. And with mixed results. (laughs) So I mean, but that was not that long ago. I mean, really, like, it's been since, like, the early 90s that they haven't actually been in conflict. So it's like a whole country of people with kind of PTSD from all this stuff that's happened. And, yeah, I mean, it's really encouraging to see. I mean, like we said, the cities are quite developed. And, you know, I think they're really, like, recovering in certain ways from the war. But it's still quite difficult. And there's still a lot of controversy in the government over Mm -hmm. who should be in charge and a lot of conflict there. So... Yeah, it's hard, but it's really encouraging to see a country that, like, was so devastated within, you know, everyone's lifetimes that is sort of coming back from that now. So, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that they will continue to improve and maybe tourism will help with that and continue to build their industry and stuff. All that to say, we found that, I mean, maybe you picture just 
going into a super undeveloped country or something. Right. Well, like when I told my mom, because my mom like grew up, you know, with the Vietnam War and like yeah, all this stuff. Yeah. And so I'm like, mom, I'm going to Cambodia. And she's like, okay, I know it's fine now, but you have to realize how that feels to me. Yeah. Like I'm picturing a war zone when yeah. I hear the word My Cambodia. mom too. She's like, are you sure? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, but mom, I live in Asia. I'm not like some dumb person who's okay. I'm not just some person who hasn't traveled outside at all. (laughs) But we didn't get to visit any of the villages. But yeah. But yeah, it's it's doing so much better. It's really encouraging like mm-hmm. to see the progress that they've yeah. made. And it also makes me hopeful for other countries that mm-hmm. are currently war-torn, you know, that you can come out of it. I mean, yeah. it's hard, but it's not impossible. So with that, we will wrap up this episode with our recommendations for you guys. Because obviously we know that we have convinced you to go. Clearly. So please use our lack of preparation <laughs> to inspire you to prepare by listening to our podcast. Although we had an amazing time despite yeah. our lack of preparation. <laughs> I mean, I think not having expectations was really good. That's true. That helped a lot. Yeah. Although I will say we did prepare a little bit. That's true. You prepared by researching where you wanted to go shopping i stalked all of the google photos for (laughs) the biggest mall in phnom penh i knew every single store that was in that mall (laughs) yep and i prepared by playing a lara croft video game (laughs) yeah and we also uh brought the old Lara Croft movie with us because if you guys didn't grow up on that movie um, it's 2001 Angelina Jolie movie she goes to Anchor Wat with her weird boobs and yeah big lips. with her big old padded <laughs> boobs her big old empty bra <laughs> No, but yeah, so there's one scene where she has to solve this puzzle and go to this remote temple in the forest, and the temple is in Anchor Archaeological Park. And you'll know it's that temple by the crowd of tourists. Yes. (laughs) We were wandering around that temple, like, where's the, like place where they filmed that scene like is it here is it like here? pretending we were the only people who had seen the movie yeah and then we walked into this courtyard and there was a huge crowd of people were like oh i guess it was here it was but, still pretty yeah cool. highly recommended it's a terrible movie but yeah. you know you get to see her fly in like a hummer in a helicopter oh my gosh and just get yeah. dropped off in cambodia <laughs> we were like pretending um we were cycling on our little um cruiser bicycles through the jungle like yeah. on this trail we're like oh my gosh man we're just like Laura Croft, and we're like no we're not she got helicoptered in in like a hardcore jeep and we're on crappy little cruiser bicycles like not the same okay but it was still super fun it was amazing (laughs) so yeah um if you want to go to our little beach island the place where we stayed is called the last point and it's on kota kiev island sianakville beach That was difficult. Yeah. It was hard. <laughs> I made yeah. it. We'll just say that it has a very hippie beach bum kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. So if you want something that's like more developed resorty, don't go there. But yeah, there's lots of other resorts yeah. on that island and other islands. 
And then, yeah, we definitely recommend staying in Siem Reap, which is a city mm-hmm. by Anchor Archaeological Park, for multiple days. There's shopping and really good restaurants there and, like, you know, bars. There's a night market. There's a really cool local circus that, like, helps people who have been in, like, bad situations previously go to art school. Um, so you can do all that stuff. And then in the mornings, go pretend you are Laura Croft Tomb Raider. Yeah, man. And I think we kind of realized, like, we didn't have that long of a trip. Mm-hmm. Um, so by the time we were in Siem Reap and realized how what an amazing, like, little city it is, we were like, man, we could have just bypassed Phnom Penh, the capital. True, yeah. But, you know, even as you're listening, you're like, well... <laughs> Whatever you have to go to Phnom Penh. So, <laughs> I mean, Phnom Penh's cool too. You'll be fine. It's fine. But- um, FYI, though, the ice skating rink is not there anymore. We spent an hour trying to find it, and I was so disappointed. <laughs> yeah, it was very confusing. We got to a door that maybe led to it. It was changed, <laughs> and then we were wandering around like the roof parking lot, and this guard was like yelling at us, like, "No, you can't go that way." Like, we're not trying to. um what else anything else i mean cambodia has so much to offer i feel like it's hard to go there and not feel like you're missing out on something so with that i would suggest to just go and do what you feel like doing like don't feel guilty about the stuff you don't do like we ended up going and eating a lot of western food and that was fine like there that vegan restaurant that we're obsessed with to this day we needed that yeah (laughs) do what you gotta do on your vacations man don't do what you feel like you should do yeah enjoy yourself it's amazing yes please do and if you go tell us how you liked it or if you've already been tell us what we missed yeah. And we won't feel guilty. Right. <laughs> we'll just add it to our list for next time. <laughs> so excited. All right, guys. Well, thanks for coming back for Big and White Season 2. So glad you're listening. You can find us on the book face, the Instagrams, the emails, the Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google, the internets. You can mm-hmm. find us on the internet. We're there. We're so modern. Wow. Your face was like really creepy. (laughs) Thank you. That's so sweet. Yeah. You're welcome. We're so supportive of each other. (laughs) Yeah. We love you guys. You're so cool. You're the best. Happy 2019. Yeah, boy. We are in the future, man. Yeah. Doesn't that feel like the future? I mean, yeah. Like, we are just in the past, like, one second ago. Now we're in the future again. Oh, my gosh. Mind of a load. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I guess let's hang up now. All right. I think I'll go. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go. Okay. 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 Bye. 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 Okay. <laughs>